You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hey everyone, Lauren Cavell from Occupy here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of the Fully Occupied Podcast. I'm the VP of Finance at Occupy and one of our in-house CPAs. I'm your host for all things lease accounting. If you enjoy our show, make sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Shoot us a note at marketing at occupier.com to nominate a future Fully Occupied Podcast guest ask us a question, or just say hi. Hi everyone, Lauren from Occupier here. This conversation is from an episode of the Commercial Real Estate Pro Network that I did recently with Jay Darren Gross. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Pro Network's CREPN Radio. Thanks for joining us. My name is Jay Darren Gross. This is the podcast focused on commercial real estate investment and risk management strategies. Weekly, we have conversations with commercial real estate investors and professionals who provide their experience and insight to help you grow your real estate portfolio. Today, my guest is Lauren Covell. Lauren is a CPA and the Vice President of Finance at Occupier. Occupier is a lease management software solution empowering real estate teams, finance professionals, and tenant rep brokers to collaborate on the entire lease life cycle and maintain compliance with lease accounting standards. And in just a minute, we're gonna speak with Lauren about how new lease accounting standards are impacting organizations and their CRE processes. But first, a quick reminder, if you like our show, CRE PN Radio, there are a couple of things you can do to help us out. You can like, share, and subscribe. And as always, we encourage you to leave a comment. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Also, if you want to see how attractive our guests are, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Commercial Real Estate Pro Network. And while you're there, please subscribe. With that, I want to welcome my guest, Lauren. Welcome to CREPN Radio. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation Uh, But before we get started, if you could take just a minute and share with the listeners a little bit about your background. Yeah, of course. I started my career in PwC in the audit practice and transitioned into a consulting role. And from PwC, I then went to a more boutique consulting firm where I helped firms with shoring up their monthly close process, making it more efficient, more scalable. Uh, And then while I was there, I had a whole hoist of uh, clientele that were transitioning to the lease accounting standard ASC 842. So based on my experience with that, um, the opportunity to come work for Occupy then presented itself and it was really a perfect fit for me based on my background in startups and being the head of finance and startups and then also my risk accounting background. Okay. So I have been with Occupy for almost a year. Okay. No, that's that's great. And uh, so, you, but you, you've worked also, you made it sound like you, you've uh, been working with startups and in the uh, real estate accounting, uh, the lease uh, accounting. Yes. Is that, how, yes. How, how, how long did you spend uh, focus on the lease accounting? 
Yeah, all in all. So when I was at PwC, we had a ton of clients that were transitioning to the standard and then also at my consulting firm too. And then in the private industry world, I had to transition to 842. And then now, of course, working at Occupy, I'm around it all the time. So I feel like, you know, all in, I've probably done 20 to 25 842 implementations, which is quite a bit. Okay. And for the uninitiated or the, the uh, people that aren't aware, can you explain what the 842 is and what the, the prior um, accounting method was or, the, or the, what it was before you converted to the 842? Yeah, definitely. So uh, historically, only finance or capital leases would be on a company's financial statement balance sheet. 842 changes the game and says all leases, regardless of classification, should be on the balance sheet in the form of a right of use asset or lease liability. And so what is happening is that historically under 840, the leasing obligation would be just this tiny, tiny, tiny piece of the balance sheet. Now under 842, financial statement users have way more transparency into the present leasing obligations of that company by bringing everything on the balance sheet in the form of that right of use asset and lease liability. And then there's an enhanced disclosure requirement as well. So it was a very, very big change in the accounting world, but also very warranted because most companies besides, uh, payroll is usually the first expense, but besides that, second is usually real estate related expenses. Got it. And like any kind of a transition, um, it's change. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm assuming that uh, uh, it, it's disrupting the, uh, the way businesses have looked at it. Is, it, is, how, is this a, a, a requirement or is this more of a, 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 an opportunity or an option that, that uh, uh, firms can take advantage of? Yeah, so it is a requirement, but I also think it's a great opportunity to create more sustainable, scalable processes because the current processes under 840, a lot of our customers are in this very manual, uh, labor-intensive, just segregated management of the real estate portfolio. There could be different Excel files that are tracking different lease level details and critical dates, different things that you need in order to manage that lease. And then the finance team is just kind of the end all receptacle of all of this information. And they're trying to sift through everything that they need to in order to be compliant with this new standard. And so because the state of the union for most people are living in this Excel file world, that even though it is a requirement, I think it's also a great opportunity to start looking at your processes and enhancing uh, what you currently have. No, that makes complete sense. So let's talk about Occupier. Um, yeah. Is Occupier a, a one-stop solution for this? Is it an application? Is it a, a subscription? Is it an accounting software? Yeah. 
So Occupier is a web-based application, and it's just like a normal software application that you would run for other parts of your business. And it totally is a one-stop shop. And my favorite thing about Occupier is regardless of your role in the lease lifecycle, because lease is one of those areas that touch so many people. It could touch uh, IT, touch legal, real estate, HR, finance, of course, but financial planning and analysis, internal audit. So there's so many people that need to be involved in leases. So my favorite thing about Occupy is it allows everyone to collaborate under one solution. And so we have three main modules on our tenant side. We have a site selection. So a lot of customers that are high growth, that they're planning to expand from five to 10 to 20, you know, whatever expansion plans they have, they'll leverage Occupier to manage that site selection process. Once they've signed that lease, it then feeds into our lease administration tool, which will summarize everything that you need to know for that lease, not only rent schedules, critical dates, but also clauses too. It does it on a macro level too. So for instance, if you wanted to, um, for instance, with um, some snow that happened on the East Coast a couple of weeks ago, a lot of our customers were going through Occupy and saying, okay, snow removal clauses, which locations do I have to physically shovel the snow versus the landlord is required to do that. So we'll summarize everything in a very friendly way. And then the last piece of it is taking all that information within lease administration feeds into lease accounting so that your transition from 840 to 842, if that hasn't happened yet, can be extremely seamless. And then even if you have transitioned, we can still generate all of your monthly journal entries and your financial statement disclosure reports, everything that you need to be compliant with ASC 842. Got it. So then at the end of the... Um... Uh, the day, the end of the quarter, end of the year, is the information that Occupier contains then uh, migrate? Does it migrate onto the the accounting of the the owner or whoever it is that needs that for their own, or, or does this does the Occupier platform provide an opportunity for accounting, you know, in total? Yeah, so basically how we have is we have based on monthly reports. And so if you wanted to pull your journal entries for the month of February, you could do that and pull everything and then do with that within your ERP or your QuickBooks next week, whatever you're doing to manage your financial transactions, uh, you could be exported from Occupy and imported into that software. Okay. And the goal is really to automate a lot of the accounting side of that. Yeah, no, I, I can appreciate the uh, anything automated with accounting to me as a, yeah. as a win. Yeah. I mean, right. Oh my gosh. The the brain cells lost trying to figure out how the stuff to make it work. Oh gosh. The yeah. number of tabs that I've seen from our customers, I mean, it's these like massive Excel files come over to us and just the risk of manual error is just so apparent. Even if you think you reviewed this data month over month there's still always a high likelihood of something, something being buried in there, some well, sort and, of formula error or human error, whatever it is. I was going to ask you, so the, the, your clients, when they come over and you mentioned these spreadsheets or most of these spreadsheets, you know, one off that they've created for their own use or, or is anybody following the same 
Uh, no, everyone has their own template that they're using. And what's interesting is that sometimes the real estate team, like different parts of the organization will have different spreadsheets. And then what happens is when we bring everyone together, you realize that some of those details were inconsistent. And then it gets to be into a very lovely conversation. Well, which one's right? And you kind of have to duke it out, but not really, but you know, and so uh, definitely inconsistent, maybe not updated that timely and everyone's walking to the beat of their own drum. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I've created my own misery many a times with uh, custom spreadsheets that um, yeah. that don't add up, even though at the, in, the mo in the moment they were right on, but uh, I'll to explain <laughs> yeah, them later. Exactly. Not, right, uh, right up here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, don't blink. Um, so it's an app then, is it an annual subscription or how How do you yeah, guys- so uh, Usually an annual subscription. Of course, we're open to the idea of having longer term subscriptions as well, but most of our customers are on an annual subscription. All right. And then as far as the, the, the platform, uh, do you guys help with- uh, the migration of the data or do you basically introduce yes. the, okay. We do. I think that that's one of our biggest differentiators actually, that from my experience, I've used other lease management software providers and we had to do a lot of the legwork. And to be honest, accountants are not the best at reading leases. It's just, that's just not what we do every day. And our customer success team is absolutely wonderful very hands-on that as soon as you provide all of the leases to us, we will go through the data abstraction process where we uh, basically abstract all of your clauses and then start to build your rent schedules. Of course, it's a more of a collaborative process too because there's going to be things that we just don't know. Like, hey, when did you get access to X, Y, and Z space? Uh, so very collaborative, but we're also taking a massive step forwards and handling that implementation for our customers. Got it. So if you were to summarize the specific problem you guys solve, is it basically one, one stop? Is it all of that leasing stuff in one? Yeah, our company motto is kind of like where real estate happens online. So ditching the spreadsheets and making sure that everyone is collaborating over one solution so that everyone's on the same page. Even one of the things that I've had troubles with too is the finance team sometimes is the last person to know. So the finance team is oftentimes the last person to know, but now they're in the know. So whenever there's a new lease, a modification, they're getting updated in real time. Got it. And is it uh, really the adoption of the standard, the, the 842, that's really kind of uh, made an occupier, you know, more of a, of a need or, you know, previously prior to 842 was occupier, uh, was there a need for occupier? Yeah, occupier was definitely a need before this okay. because the state of the union, again, is so bad. Even some customers, I read that 60% of lease agreements are stuck in a drawer somewhere. They're not even scanned in anywhere. So you can imagine the pain that these people were going through during 
COVID when they were trying to negotiate their rental agreements, that if you don't have that digitized, that's going to be a very painful process to sift through. So the need for Occupy always existed, but I think the push of the transition to 842 just really enhanced the need for that. Got it. And um, as far as the the um, clientele that Occupier serves, obviously anything to deal with leasing, is it primarily the, the brokers and the uh, landlords that you're, or the investors that you guys find that are, are most interested or, or, or you know, a mo- more of a prospect or the property managers and, and, and the, the tenants themselves also? Yeah, we have two main modules. We have a tool for brokers to help them manage all of their clients, basically more of the site selection piece. And we also appeal to tenants as well. And so these could be retail companies, uh, companies with a lot of office spaces that need to get their leases under control. So in, in, as far as the, uh, the field here, uh, is there a lot of competition in your space? You know, there is in different segments. And so there's no great solution that truly does it end to end like we're trying to do. We're trying to make the best product for each role in the lease life cycle versus you may really, really good at lease administration, but is not great for the other sides of that lease life cycle. So we're trying to be the best for every single person involved. Got it. And, and going back to the, who you serve, uh, is it more of the, uh, or what's, what's like a, a stand or not a standard, what's your sweet spot as far as like a client size? I mean, if a guy's got one location, I'm assuming that may not necessarily be as good a fit as if they've got, you know, hundred locations. Yeah. You know, I think our sweet spot has definitely changed, but the one consistent thread that I found in our customers is that they are high growth, that they may only have two or three leases right now, but they have really big expansion plans over the next two years. And they're trying to establish a robust lease process right now before it gets way out of hand. Or maybe on the other end of the spectrum, they have 300 leases and they definitely need a way to be tracking all of these things in a much better manner versus their Excel file. But a lot of our customers are high growth. Got it. And, and even with that, I mean, um, you know, I'm constantly seeing like these you know, like, uh, drug stores come to mind from a standpoint of just there's a new one on every corner and they're constantly, <laughs> you know, the, or at least in the, the deal flow, there's always a, a, a one for sale for a, you know, a triple net lease kind of thing. Um, is, is there a, you know, obviously you said high growth, but I'm just thinking like, uh, you know, w- w- what would be, I mean, obviously high growth, I get that. But if, if I didn't, if I'm a mature business that's growing, yeah. what, what would right. be like an ideal oh, number? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to answer that, I think from a company's perspective, you want to evaluate if your company has the necessary resources from a capacity perspective and also an expertise perspective. So even if you have 10 10 leases, we certainly have customers with 10 leases, but when you're looking at the capacity as, as far as time, do you really want your team focused on being ingrained in these Excel spreadsheets 
versus do you want to save that time and utilize Octobar to streamline those processes? And then from an expertise, uh, to be quite honest, not a lot of finance people want to be experts in AAC 842, and they usually don't have the time to do that either. And so you can also leverage an accounting software to kind of pick up some of those missing expertise gaps too. So depending on you know really the need in my mind to think that the value of a accounting software or lease administration software is going to come to fruition is like 10, 15 leases, you really want to start thinking about it. Got it. Got it. And is there any industry that you find is more, you know, more desirous or, or that, that's more of an early adopter? No, no industry. We're, we're kind of agnostic on industries where our software is so flexible that you can create a lot of custom configuration that suits a lot of different uh, industries. Got it. And are you uh, limited to the, the US? Or are you worldwide or? No, we are, we are worldwide. So we do support, uh, ASC 842 is the US standard. We also support IFRS 16, which is the international accounting standard as well. Got it, got it. They had to adopt uh, a few years back, but. Well, as I say that just everything you've talked about from accounting, I'm, I'm currently working on my own, you know, taxes with my accountant and stuff. And it's just like, just a, an aggravation. It feels like, I mean, like I said, all that stuff made sense to me is like not making sense. I got to try and make sense of it, but to have it yeah. in one format where you could easily pull it out and, and regurgitate it or, or provide it to whoever needed it. Uh, right. I, would, I would think that just, it streamlines a lot of, I mean, removes the friction, makes the, the, or takes away the frustration uh, and makes it more user-friendly. I would think that'd be a win for everybody involved. So, yeah, you know, I loved, we had an onboarding call with one of our customers this week and our customer success uh, associate said to our customer, Hey, my job here is just to make your life a little bit better. And that's why I come to work at Occupy because I know I'm making your life just a little bit better just by maybe removing some of the burden that you have or saving you five hours a week or a month, whatever it is, I'm helping you in some capacity. So I thought that was pretty cool. No, I'm, I'm sure. And, and also that employee that, uh, you know, that's their, their mission is to, to yeah. uh, you know, make your life a little bit better as opposed to just, right. you can't, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, our customer success team is wonderful. That's awesome. Hey, Lauren, if we could, I'd like to shift gears here for a second. By day, I'm an insurance broker and uh, I like to work with my clients or I try and work with my clients to assess risk and determine what to do with the risk. And there's three strategies we typically consider. Uh, the first is we look to see if there's a way we can avoid the risk. Uh, if we can't avoid it, we look to see if there's a way we can minimize it. And when we can neither avoid nor minimize, then we look to see if there's a way we can transfer the risk. And that's what a, an insurance policy is. It's a risk transfer vehicle. And uh, I, I like to ask my guests if they can look at their own situation. Uh, could be clients, the market, um, political situation, um, you know, COVID, however, whatever that might be that that you know, you'd like to, to take a look at and frame the question as 
with regards to risk. Uh, and, and I'd like to ask my, my guests if they can do that and, and consider what they can, or identify what they consider to be the biggest risk. And uh, for clarification, while I am an insurance broker, I'm not necessarily looking for an insurance related answer. So with that, if you're willing, I'd like to ask you, Lauren Koval, what is the biggest risk? The biggest risk in my mind is understating the level of effort required to maintain compliance with ASC 842. A lot of people are just rushing to get implemented under 842, but really in my mind, it's a race to the start and where the going gets tough is maintaining that compliance. And if you don't have those processes established, or if you're not leveraging software, you know, you're going to open yourself up to a lot of risk. And so without, uh, if you can maybe give the standard a little bit more credit, then you can think about, okay, where do I need to improve my processes? What people do I need? What resources do I need in order to maintain compliance with ACA 42? Because what got you to comply with the old standard is not going to get you where you need to be. As we talked about, there's massive risk in manual error. Even if you are certain that everything is accurate, there could be a fat finger, there could be a formula reference error. There are so many things that could go wrong in these massive Excel files. And then you have the risk of not interpreting ASC 842 correctly, that if you don't have the technical expertise in-house, that's also going to be a pretty big risk. Um, and I think, you know, of course, when you think about the insurance policies, you're never going to absolutely move that risk to someone else besides the finance team or transfer it right but there are ways that you can mitigate that and i think the biggest way that you can mitigate is start thinking through your processes and whether or not you should be leveraging software to help you from a capacity standpoint really helps you like leap make leaps and bounds in your transition to 842 um, and also obviously make sure that you're compliant with everything no, I, I anybody that's that's uh, not a fan of easy accounting, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what to say, but uh, but uh, yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I think it's one of the most underestimated standards, but once you get into the nitty gritty, you start to realize, wow, this is extremely complex and it's going to take my team double the amount of time than I had originally had allotted to this. So that's why I said, that's my biggest risk is understanding the level of effort, because if you give it the proper treatment, then some of this could be mitigated a little bit easier that's than waiting great. until the last minute to do all of this. Yeah, 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 no, I hear you. Hey, Lauren, where can the listeners go if they'd like to learn more or connect with you? 
Yes, so you can reach out to me directly at lauren at occupier.com. You can also go to occupier.com. We have a wonderful lease accounting resource hub. You'll find an ASC 842 checklist, a lease accounting memo template that will help you think through your transition. I also teach webinars pretty frequently, like two to four times a week. I go through a basics 842 course and also an advanced course. And the feedback from those webinars has been overwhelmingly positive because we go through examples and you really start to learn the standard a little bit more. I like to teach by doing. Um, so uh, those are really fun to be a part of as well. Oh, that's great. Yes, we also have a YouTube channel as well um, that I break down every nitty gritty part of 842 and bite size increments. I got to tell you, God love uh, YouTube and the instructional yeah. video. I, it's amazing what a resource it is. And, and uh, I'm sure that, uh, any, anybody listening, looking for uh, help on 842 would uh, be uh, wise to check out your, your channel there and, and uh, learn some more. Hey, Lauren, I want to say uh, thanks for taking the time today uh, to talk. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've learned a lot, really the, the, uh, the whole Kind of the 842 is not something that I necessarily um, am that familiar with. Uh, and you really did a great job uh, explaining it. And, uh, you know, I can see how Occupy would be a great help for anybody. And uh, with that, I, I hope we can do it again soon. Yes, I hope so. So, all right. For our listeners, if you like this episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Remember, the more you know, the more you grow. That's all we've got this week. Until next time, thanks for listening to Commercial Real Estate Pro Network's CREPN Radio.